All right, we'll take your Bible tonight, turn to Luke chapter number one. Luke and chapter number one, we'll going back to our uh, mini series here, I guess you could say almost around this holiday season, Luke chapter number one. Purposefully held back, Brother Ted, on Luke 2. It's wide open if you want it. Luke 2 is just wide open. So, <clears throat> all right. Good to have Brother Sam, Miss Sandy uh, here. They're on their vacation time. Had some time away this past week and got some much needed rest. God's given them a good year, Brother Sam. I'm thankful for that. We pray for you. I'm listening to Brother Sam preach. Listen to you preach right now as I'm going through this second or first Samuel series. And uh, man, you know, preachers need preaching. So he's been preaching directly to me and I've been preaching to you. We just keep this thing passed on. So I look, back, I look forward to get back into 1 Samuel. We'll be in chapter 24. And uh, so anyways, just a, just a real blessing. Okay, let's look at uh, Luke 1 and uh, the song we just heard about uh, saving a, lo- a poor sinner, a lost sinner like me. It just fits the message tonight. Just just like it was designed, uh, trust by God, to do. So we're going to look at verse number 39, Luke 1, Luke 1, 39. I mentioned, I'm sure glad the young people had a good uh, time on the winter retreat. Heard good things about that, Brother Michael Scott preaching to them. And so that was a blessing. We prayed for you that God would use that. And so thank the Lord for it. Okay, let's, let's look now, Luke 1, Luke 1, 39. And Mary arose in those days. And this is after she, by the way, had heard the announcement that, yes, she's uh, engaged, but she's also expecting, but it's by the virgin birth. And so this was totally not part of their plans, but it was the eternal plan of God. And, and she had said, according to thy word, uh, be it unto me according to thy word. And so she was submitting to that. Now we're going to read how that developed in verse number 39. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth, which, by the way, was her cousin. It says in verse 41, it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, like leap for joy. I mean, that's the idea. He jumped up. That's a Baptist hallelujah right there, right? John the Baptist. So the babe leaped in her womb. And notice what happens, verse 41. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost and spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence, notice this please, and whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me. Huh? Everybody catch the significance of that. Whence is this, whence is this to me that the mother, Mary, that the mother of my Lord should come to me. Now remember, she's speaking by the Holy Spirit here. So she understands what's going on. Verse 44, for lo, as soon as, As the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she that believed. That's a great statement too. For there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, now we have Mary's praise, verse 46 
My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. And he has showed strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them, notice this, of what? Low degree. She says of, she'd been of low estate. He exalts those of low degree and hath filled the hungry with good things and the rich hath he sent away empty and hath opened his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. And Mary abode with her about three months and returned to her own house. All right, now, I realize you're still standing, but I would like to go ahead and read now, um, following Zechariah saying this, his name is John. Then his, or he wrote that, he didn't say it, he couldn't. He couldn't talk, he had to write it out. He wrote it out, his name is John, and so then his tongue is loosed. And, um, and so in verse 67, his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which hath been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of them that hate us, notice this, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember, and to remember his holy covenant. Now, he's saying a lot of the same things that Mary said, isn't he? All right, look at verse number 73, the oath which he sware to our father Abraham, that he should grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou child, he's speaking of his son, John, thou child shalt be called the prophet of the highest for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy Mercy's been mentioned several times here, hasn't it? If you've been paying attention to the reading, God's mercy, God's loving kindness, that's how it sometimes shows up in the New Testament, in the Old Testament as well. Through his, the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring, like dawn, hath, on, hath sorry, the day spring from on high hath visited us, like a, the breaking of a new day to give light to them that sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit and was in the deserts to the day of his showing unto Israel. Tonight, really a second part to the message this morning. This morning was uh, love from the highest. So this completes the idea, love from the highest to the lowest. Love from the highest to the lowest. Those that have experienced God's love should extend it to others. If we've experienced his love, 
We've got to extend that to others. Now, may God bless the reading of his word. I appreciate you standing there for a good reading. And, and we're not going to take the time tonight to do a, an exposition of all these verses. I hope to save all that for a future uh, series through the book of Luke, maybe in five to ten years. Who knows? I'm not sure. We'll see where it falls. Luke's uh, gospel is unique. Luke is um, a physician. As we understand it, he was a doctor. And so he paid a lot of attention to people. A lot of attention to people. I mean, think about this. He gave attention to some that the religious leaders, the Jews, the scribes, the Pharisees, um, the Sadducees, the hypocrites, that just go together. Uh, the religious leaders, watch this, he paid attention because Jesus did. He's just reporting what Jesus did. He paid attention to people that the religious people never paid attention to. Our Savior gave attention to women where others did not. Our Savior paid attention to children, to the poor, to immoral women, to Samaritans, those of a, ha- um, a mixed race, half Jew, half Gentile, lepers, tax collectors, criminals. He said to the thief in his dying moments, uh, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. He, he cared about somebody that literally was on death row and this was his execution. That's our savior. He loves people. He loves people. Criminals, rebellious family members. This is, all in the, this is all in the gospel of Luke. Rebellious family members, the prodigal son, we often refer to him as. Uh, but he, Jesus cared and used at least the account of the, the rebellious family member. Gen, of course, Gentiles. Well, this is telling us something about the extent of God's love. And so as we, as we uh, considered it this morning, we were looking at the fact that God's love comes from on high. It says of Jesus, uh, the angel Gabriel told Mary, he shall be great. He shall be called the son of the highest. He shall be born of the virgin. Uh, He shall be the the Holy Spirit shall overshadow thee. And that which is born of thee shall be holy. And he shall be called the son of God. I mean, all these terms are saying, listen, uh, this is not an angel that's coming. This is not a prophet that's coming. This is God who's coming. And so God, God showed his love to us. I mean, directly, he didn't send somebody to just tell us about his love. He came himself. And so we really tried to emphasize that God's love comes. Uh, I don't even know exactly how to say this, except just to try to frame it in this way. God's love comes from the highest possible source, him. God's love comes from the highest possible source and also from the purest source. In other words, no one loves you more than God does. No one loves you more purely than God does. Mary uh, praised God. I mean, I, I wish we could have, you know, just entered into the scene and to see what was going on as, as she showed up at her cousin's house. I mean, uh, uh, the idea here, of course, as we read it, that she rose in those days and went into the hill country with hay. So she's leaving Nazareth which was just about maybe 15 miles southwest of the Sea of Galilee in that area of the Gentiles. She's going down south to her cousin's house, Elizabeth, that was an elderly uh, cousin and that nobody expected that would be with child. But now uh, she's six months along with child. 
And so Mary comes into the, into the home and, and uh, greets Zacharias, greets Elizabeth. And, and so when they did their greeting, then the Bible says that the baby leaped in her womb. Now, moms here um, know what it's like to feel the baby kick. But have you had a baby leap? I mean, I, I mean just, I, I, can, you, can you just stop and just think about that a minute? I mean, what, what, what happened? Woo! I don't know. <laughs> you say, would you do that again? Absolutely not. <laughs> but the baby leaped. I mean, so somehow he, he understood. Well, he's, I mean, the Holy Spirit is all over this passage. Can you see it? As, as Elizabeth speaks by the Holy Spirit leading and, and the babe leaps by the Holy Spirit. I mean, there's, there's obviously something supernatural going on. The babe leaped in her womb and, and then Elizabeth spoke. And, and so again, I, we're, we're not going to take the time tonight to go into all that was said, but, but, but she's, prophet, she's speaking here and saying, blessed art thou among women and, and, uh, the, and who am I that the mother of my Lord? I mean, these are, as Brother Dan uh, Payne prayed a few moments ago, I mean, these are great weighty theological truths that Elizabeth is saying, the mother of my Lord has come to me. And, and then, uh, uh, then you have Mary who is, is uh, saying that my soul doth magnify the Lord. I'm looking again at verse 46. And, and then she says, my spirit hath rejoiced in God, my Savior, as we acknowledged this morning, uh, that, that she was a sinner who needed a Savior. Um, thank God we had a young man walk the aisle this morning that trusted Christ as his Savior. It's wonderful. It goes uh, all the way back to, I was telling Brother Rocky this tonight, just briefly, because his family shared it. Brother Rocky's uh, daughter, Heather, and his son-in-law now, Andy uh, Gomez, worked at Cracker Barrel back in 2013, somewhere right in there, nearly 10 years ago, and invited this family to come. And this family came, and I've noticed him. I've, I knew that I knew him, you know, and, but it had been 10 years ago. But he, they came for a good while then. Then, you know, they just hadn't been around that I know of for a while, and but they started coming back the last few months. Well, their 21-year-old son walked the aisle this morning and trusted Christ as their Savior. So look, here is love shown to this family back 10 years ago, and fruit came in today. You see, we, we just what I, what I hope to get across tonight is really quite simple, and yet it's what our whole year has been. You know, the, the central idea of our year, the C-I-Y, the C-I-T of the text, often we're trying to emphasize the central idea of the text. Well, the central idea of this year is we need, as recipients of God's love, we've experienced God's love. If you've been saved tonight, listen, you have done that. You have experienced God's love. Then what we need to do is extend that love to others. And that's, that's what is going on even in this text here is as these individuals are being recipients of God's love and now they're extending God's love to others. And, and listen, when we have a heart to do that and may God help us to continue just, just because we're ending this year's theme of love God's way does not mean we're done with that. No, we still need to love God's way. And uh, I just want to challenge you here tonight. We need to have a heart for people because God does. I said, we've got to have a heart for people. Do you have a heart for people? I mean, do you really care about uh, lost people and people that come here to church? God's given us such an incredible opportunity. I mean, you know, Brother David's going to give the, result, the results of the past year here in a, in a few days, you know, as we kind of close out the year. And it's astounding to me how many family units come through these doors. Family units, not, not just individuals, but family units. I mean, it's usually in the 200s, the 300s. Literally, uh, am I right, Brother David? 
of family units that come through the doors of Southwest Baptist Church. Now, not everybody's going to stay. Not everybody's going to be here, but a lot do. And I, I think that testifies to this being a loving church. And, um, but we really have to keep working at that. We've got to keep working at that. And, and so um, I, I basically want you to see this, that God's love extends to all people, regardless of their social position and regardless of their sinful condition. Okay, did you catch that? God's love, thank God, it extends to all people regardless of their social position. And it also extends to all people regardless of their sinful condition. Mary and, and Elizabeth are emphasizing that, especially Mary. She's saying, I, I, I'm, I'm overwhelmed that God would take notice of me, his handmaid. Of, of low estate and, and that he exalts the humble and he feeds the hungry. What, what's he talking about? What is she talking about right there? She's saying this, our great God in heaven takes note of somebody that doesn't even really matter to the rest of the world. But I'm saying to you tonight, you don't have to be of great social position to matter to God because God cares about all people equally. He does. And, and so she's emphasizing that as you see, you know, how that, uh, again, if we had had time or we're going to take the time to do so, then you could see he's, he's giving strength of his arm is evident in verse 51 and he scatters the proud and he puts down the mighty. And, and so look, God's not, God's not impressed with what we're impressed with. We're impressed with a person's social standing and God loves them where they are. But, um, you know, where you and I might get nervous when we're talking to somebody that's well-known, God's, God is, <laughs> God's not phased by it. He puts down the mighty. He exalts the humble. He exalts those of low degree. He feeds the hungry with good things. The rich hath he sent away empties, hoping his servant Israel. I mean, all these things are communicating. God loves us just right where we are. God loves you right where you are. God loves you regardless of your sinful condition. As I studied out what Zacharias was saying, he was emphasizing how that God has been good to Israel. Mary did the same, but, but um, Zacharias' angle on it was more so this. Even though we've been unfaithful to God, God has visited us. God has cared for us. That word care, or sorry, visited means like a shepherd. It's, 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 a, it's a shepherding term. He's been a shepherd to us, even when we've gone astray. He saved us. He's brought us back. He's delivered us from our, our enemies. He's been faithful to his word. Thank God tonight that God is faithful to his word, that he's faithful to his covenants. He's faithful to his promises and, and, and he's visited his people and he's, he's given us his redemption and he's saved us. Lowly sinners. I'm telling you, the song a moment ago just goes right with this, that, that God cares about us in our social positions and he cares about us even in our sinful conditions. I was reminded of an uh, account of a young boy in the days of um, a lot of the orphanages in London. And so, you know, in my mind, I think about like a George Mueller, that, that kind of time frame. And this little orphan showed up at this orphanage and and um, the man came to the door and, and he was just in rags. I mean, just dirty and, and just in rags. And, and the uh, man running the orphanage 
approached this dirty little boy and, and said, little boy, I, I, but I don't, I don't know you. What, what do you have to recommend you? Can you imagine I mean, some of the t- tough situations, having no idea where this kid's coming from? And he asked him, what do you have to recommend you? And he said, I thought maybe these rags would be enough to recommend me. And he took him in. Hey, you know, you and I didn't have anything to offer to God except filthy rags. But thank God he loved us and delivered us. I mean, you think about how good God was to Israel when it talks about how that he raised up the horn uh, of salvation. You know, a horn is like the... um, as an animal would have the horn, that's a symbol of power. And, and so that he's saying here, God, is, God has raised the horn of salvation here. God is not weak. God is not anemic. God is not, uh, you know, slack concerning his promise. He's coming through and what he said that he would do. He's delivering his people, the horn of salvation. And he's delivered us from our enemies. And you think what, just think about what God did in the life of Israel as he delivered them, you know, from the Babylonians and then from the Greeks and the Romans and on and on. I mean, you go through and how that Israel even now is scattered, but yet God is still faithful to Israel. Wow. It just shows us that God loves us even in our sinful condition. And a whole new day dawns. As he talks about that day spring from on high, a whole new day. I mean, it's like God, even though you've had a past, God gives you a brand new start. God's love extends to all people, regardless of their social position and regardless of their sinful condition. I want to thank God tonight. I mean, I I made a list and it's, it's not an exhaustive list here. But I mean, we've... We've had come through these doors here, directors of athletic programs, business owners, supervisors, um, civic leaders. They've come in these doors. God loves them. They, they need God more than maybe what, maybe than what they realize. We've had factory workers here. We've had native people here. Just talked to a man last Sunday night, Choctaw. And, uh, and so we have a spectrum of people that come here. Isn't that awesome? It really reflects how God loves all people. I look back over the friend day cards. A lot of your friends came. You know why? Because you had experienced God's love and then you're extended to, to others. Your family members came and neighbors came. People that you've been working on for years. Thank God some of them came. Um, We've got to keep that mentality that as people come in here, go out of your way to talk to somebody that you don't know. I want to give you that challenge tonight. In fact, I want to give you this challenge. I I thought about it this way. The awkward challenge. The awkward challenge. If you haven't talked to somebody that makes you feel a little bit awkward. And I'm not talking about, you know, uh, I mean, you got some friends that do that. But if you haven't talked to somebody lately, even in greeting them at church, somebody that you don't know, maybe a guest, if you haven't had a conversation with somebody that hasn't made you feel just a little bit awkward, I'm not, I'm not talking about talking to, okay, I was going to point out some people here, but never, never mind, I won't, I won't go there. Then uh, you probably haven't shown God's love in a while. Does that make sense? Um, because uh, 
God wants us to love people that are not like us. That, that may make you feel just a little bit awkward. So anyways, the awkward test. Have you talked to somebody? Now, I'm not saying be the one that makes people feel awkward. All right, some of you are passing that test quite well. But I'm talking about, have you talked to somebody that just makes you feel just a little bit awkward? The awkward test. Um, do, you, do you make an effort? You know, when you, when you see somebody here that may be sitting on by, their, by themselves or they're a guest, look, don't walk by them. Walk to them. And, and make them feel welcome here. You know, I, I realize, you know, sometimes after the service, and I'm glad, I'm thankful that, you know, that still it, it, it takes a while for people to clear out of here. That's the way it ought to be. I wouldn't want it any other way. Yeah. And I, I want to... Not that I make it a personal goal to be one of the last ones out, but it just kind of happens that way. Um, But don't get in such a hurry to get out of here that you miss somebody. Because remember this, you don't just come to church for yourself. You come to church for your church family. And yeah, you might be the first one to get seated at the restaurant, but you miss somebody that needed a conversation with you. So don't be in such a hurry as a recipient or a one who has experienced God's love to miss the opportunities. Everybody listen to this right here. I think we all need to be reminded of this, don't we? In loving God's way, don't get in such a hurry that you don't, that you just rush past somebody that you could have really been a help to. Because you never know just who might need an encouraging word. I don't mean to embarrass him here tonight, but Brother Sam, I found a recorder in the office after he left and, and it, it just, it's an old school recorder. It's pretty cool. I've still got it, <laughs> but he would um, meet somebody new and kind of step off to the side and in the foyer somewhere and say, I just met so-and-so. They're related to these people and, and uh, make a note out there in the foyer so that when he gets back in the office, he can write it down. You know what that is? That's somebody that wants to know somebody. Does that make sense? I, I keep a list of, of guests in the back of my Bible and I hope I don't do that just cause I'm the pastor. You know what I mean? We need to do that cause we're Christians. You know, and, and so I just wrote down the name. I've seen a young lady here the last three or four weeks right here in this area. She was over here today and, and got, to, got to meet her, talk to her, wrote her name down. And a lady that came last week uh, named Connie that came because somebody put a track on her door. And Miss Dana um, befriended her and made her feel at home. It's a blessing. And there's a mom that's coming. And her 13-year-old son has been reached through the bus ministry. And she's got a real burden for her son that somebody befriend him. And I've watched some of our teenagers befriending this young man. That's really good. That's loving God's way. I mentioned that family already this morning. Then there's another young man that I've seen him for several weeks. You know, you can do visitation just right here in the auditorium. Well, Sam used to ask us, hey, do you know what that name is? That family there, that family? That? No, I don't, I, don't know, I don't know them. And I, I, finally got, I finally got it. I need to know them. There was a staff test every Saturday morning. Do you know that family? Do you know that family? Do you, uh, no. <laughs> I started learning them. Why? Because people matter. People matter. Do you know the people that are around you? And, and uh, I challenge you tonight, get, get a... 
get around and meet somebody that you don't know. Go and meet somebody you think that's a guest here. And they're going to say, man, I've been here 20 years. That's all right. You can help them stay the next 20. I, I make notes on my order of service. And sometimes I'll say, guy sitting over here. <laughs> and then I get back to my office in the middle of the week and think, what in the world is that? Right? I have no idea. So-and-so's parents. Who's that? What's that guy's name? You know, and looking people up. Hey, people matter. We, we got to keep that mentality. And that, again, that's not just for a pastor. It ought to be for all of us. And I know there's a lot of people here and we need to, but aren't we a church family and doesn't a family know each other? And it kind of awkward when you go to your family gatherings and you don't know your cousin or your aunt's names? <laughs> yeah, that can be fun. There's a new, new couple here that just got married and and there's a, a, a friend of a guy, there's a young man that now's at the, um, at the ranch that uh, is really doing well. And, then, and there's a family here that's really befriended this young man and others that have as well. There's another guy that, that um, was working at Walmart about three years ago. Somebody invited him and then somebody else invited him. And then another person invited him. About five people gave him a track and he finally got the idea he needed to come. And he came. He's kind of been hit and miss a little bit. But I met with him in the office and heard his testimony. It was phenomenal. But, but we, got it. We, we, we need to take time for people. We need to love people God's way. There's a guy that rides his bike to church here. We've got his name written down. There's a lady that was in the Ladies of Grace class. She just joined. It's a real blessing to see that. And there's some, a couple that's moved here from across country. And a lot of our uh, couples here in other classes have really befriended this young couple. It's been fantastic. There's a couple that I've written down here that I haven't seen them in a good little while. You know, people can kind of fall through the cracks here if we don't pay attention to what's going on. Isn't that right? There's a dad and mom here that had been coming for a good while, but I hadn't seen them. We need to get by and visit them, check on them. They came because uh, their kid had been riding bus 12 for a good little bit. It's good stuff. There's some that I don't think I have on this list, but have visited this year that have some real uh, struggles with um, just a lot of different um, addictions and, and um, uh, just sin. I guess I could just summarize it that way, right? Sin. And yet God loves them. Loves them dearly. We're seeing a lot of parents come of those that ride our bus. It's fantastic. Seen a lot of grandparents come. We've got to keep the heart of our Savior or we'll lose a bus ministry. A lot of churches have kind of stopped running buses. I'm not trying to be critical. It can happen, though, if we don't really care. Young lady wrote this. Um, I don't know her. Uh, she's um, from North Carolina. Young lady named Crystal. Through the eyes of a bus worker. Maybe some of you have heard it. I think it would be good for us as a church to listen to it. Some see a fight, a push and a shove. I see a desperate cry for love. Some see a brat. He acts so bad. I see a boy who's never met his dad. 
Some see the messes and trouble they give. I see the poverty in the place where they live. Some see a smart mouth. Anybody see a smart mouth today? Probably have. If you worked in... <laughs> you have? Um, if you worked in the children's department today, you probably saw a little smart mouth maybe. Something unruly. You also probably got a little bit entertained. Right? I always love sitting around the dinner table asking Tyler, how'd it go teaching second grade boys? He had 11 in there today. Man, that's got to be fun. Said one little boy wore a Santa hat, had his Bible with him. And uh, he's, a, he's a, a little Hispanic boy, if I understand right, had his uh, Santa Biblia. And it was Santa's Bible. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Aren't you glad that you give so we can run buses? So we can pick up a little kid in a Santa hat carrying a Santa Bible, bring him in here in church so he can understand who God is, and that it is the Holy Bible? (laughs) They got to start somewhere. Some see a smart mouth, disrespectful and loud. I see a kid made fun of in a crowd. Some see a drug addict withered and worn. I see a soul that the Lord wants reborn. Some see a crook whom you don't trust trust much. I see a man who needs the Lord's touch. Some see a bunch of heathen who holler and yell. I see kids whose parents are in jail. Broken homes, broken lives, those without hope. They need compassion. They need God's grace to cope. For every little boy who lies awake hungry at night, Lord, help me to keep in the fight. For every scared boy who sees his mommy get hit, Lord, help me be faithful and never to quit. For every, for every mommy who needs a new start, Lord, help me to show her how to ask you into her heart. For every man on whom sin has its hold, Lord, help me to make sure the old story is told. The Lord to me, his mercy has shown. Lord, help me reach out so others may make heaven their home. May others judge gently when, they, when these folks they see. If not for God's grace, that's where all of us would be. I vote we keep running buses. How about you? <laughs> I know it's not easy when it gets cold. I thought about it this morning. I pray God help the men that get out there and get those buses started. I mean, it, 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 it hurts uh, bad when you, you know, maybe you're trying to work on a bus and you hit your knuckles. But it hurts extra bad when it's cold, right? Thank God for you men that do that. Thank God for you men and ladies alike that get out there even when it's cold and you're working a bus route. And those of you that work here and serve, I mean, it's, it's a real ministry. Let, let, let's ask God help us keep it strong. Go out and visit on Saturdays. And uh, a lot of the ministry that happens in the bus ministry doesn't happen on Sundays. It happens on Saturdays. And it requires bus gum. Amen. That lasts for only about 30 seconds when chewed. All right, but anyways, it's... Not that bad. Let's care for those that come by bus. How about the elderly? Caring for the elderly. 
This church has done that. I'm, 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 not, I'm not saying that it's not happening, but it, we need to keep it going. Caring for the shut-ins. Just going to visit them. We've got deacons here that visit, and that's wonderful. And, of course, the staff. But then just a lot of people just go and make visits all week long. It's fantastic. Let's keep doing that. Uh, sometimes the elderly can kind of feel overlooked, even in a church. You know, it's sad when a, a, young, a church starts to have a lot of young people and the older people just feel like they aren't important. Oh, listen to all of you that have um, silver hair or you have no hair. You've been in this church a long time. My soul, you contribute so much to this church ministry. It's a blessing. Um, read the account of this man. His name is John Stone Street. I don't, I don't really know him at all. But he gives this account. I think it'd be good for us to hear this as well. In ninth grade, he says, I was a knucklehead. Any, anybody else? Ninth grade, knucklehead. <laughs> Some of you are there right now. Right. In ninth grade, I was a knucklehead. Even worse, I was a Christian school knucklehead. Those are the worst, he said. Six days a week between that Christian school and the church that operated it. I was in the same building, the same, hearing the same Bible lessons from a lot of the same people. But I didn't really have much faith that I could call my own. That all began to change on the last day of classes before Christmas break. He mentions the year. Now, all of us, he says, we're supposed to understand what's supposed to happen on the last day of class, right before Christmas break. Not much, right? I mean, it's just a day to kind of have a little party and that's it. Well, he says that day my Bible teacher announced that our boys' class was being sent out two by two to visit the elderly shut-ins of our church. I suppose, he said, the intention was to bring Christmas cheer, but as you might imagine, that's not what happened. The only thing that we wanted to do less than schoolwork on the last day of classes before Christmas break was to visit old people we'd never met. My only consolation, he said, was that I was paired up with my friend Brian, he shared my disdain for the assignment that we'd been given. And he, I asked, what are we going to do? And he said, I got an idea. We'll go visit one older person. And then say we couldn't find the second person's house. And we'll go to the mall and we'll meet some girls. His friend Brian was in the 11th grade. He was in the 9th grade. That's how he said we met Miss Buckner. She lived down a windy, rural Virginia road in a small little apartment that her grandson had built onto the side. She invited us in, and there we were, an 11th grader, a 9th grader, and an 89-year-old woman. We didn't have a lot in common, and just, I love this part, just when we thought it couldn't possibly get any more awkward, Miss Buckner said, let's sing Christmas carols together. We stumbled our way through Silent Night, and she decided that one carol was enough. <laughs> well, Miss Buckner, Brian said, we best be on our way. Yes, I lied. We've got one more person to visit before we get back to school. She asked, could we pray together before you go? So I prayed, 
Brian prayed. That took about 45 seconds. <laughs> but then Miss Buckner prayed. He said, at that point, I'd been in church my whole life. I'd heard thousands of prayers, but I'd never heard anything like this. He said, I remember looking up just to make sure that the Lord wasn't standing there as she spoke to him because it sounded like he was there because she spoke to God as if she knew him. Well, we left her house and headed to the mall, distracted by our plan to meet some girls. But I do remember, however, Brian saying to me, she was a cool old woman, wasn't she? Two years later, I woke up with the strangest feeling, he said. I woke up thinking, I didn't wake up thinking about basketball or my girlfriend. I woke up that morning thinking about Miss Buckner. To this day, I have no idea why. I ended up going back down that windy rural road to her house. Miss Buckner, I said, you probably don't remember me, but two years ago, I came here with my friend, Brian. My name is John. John, she smiled. I prayed for you this morning. <laughs> From that time on, he said, Miss Buckner became a close personal friend. She prayed for me every day the rest of her life. To this day, I can't imagine. He said, I can't imagine what she prayed me into or what she prayed me out of. At age 14, I find my, found myself seemingly by chance in the home of an 89-year-old woman I didn't know and didn't personally care to know. I didn't want to be there. I lied to her, and yet God used her to alter the course of my life. That's what happens when you know Jesus and you want others to know Him. We've experienced God's love. How about we just keep extending His love to people? I remember introducing this theme now a good little while back, actually. And I remember that it was in conjunction with uh, hearing the Lindsay family that now lives in California. The Lindsays um, were here during that summer. I was praying about the theme and they were up in the, in the uh, cafe area. And, and uh, they, because of the acoustics, they were singing and it was powerful, you know, and um, they were singing Love One Another. I forget all the title of the song. That might actually be the title. But Lindsay told me, he said, uh, uh, he said, hang on just a minute. Josiah, how many, how many kids in your family again? 18. 18. Okay, yeah. So 18 kids. I just want everybody to understand how, how this was sounding. It was awesome. Okay. 18 kids plus mom and dad. Is that right? Okay. Wow. <laughs> 16. Okay, 18 total. Okay, that's, I, I thought I was losing count, you know, and so I knew you would know. That's good. 18 total. And man, I was just taking that in. And Brother Lindsay explained to me, he said, um, we have a theme every year, a song that becomes our theme. He said, this has been our theme song for the last five years because we're still trying to learn it. Not the song, but to apply it. I kind of feel the same way about our theme this year. Love God's way. I imagine if Jesus, Terry, is coming 20 more years, and our theme for 2023 was love God's way. 2024, love God's way. 25, what's the theme this year, preacher? Love God's way. <laughs> part four, part five, part six, 
We probably could keep that same theme till Jesus comes again because we still need God's help to learn to love God's way. So, Father, I thank you tonight for the love that is at Southwest. It's been here many, many years, God. And I pray that you'd help us to be another generation of, um, of, a, of a church family that would just love people your way, God, whether rich or poor, clean or dirty, uh, that's got life pretty well in good order because of your grace or somebody that's just totally out of control. God, help us. Help us not to be self-centered, that we don't care about people. Lord, help us. Deliver us really from ourselves so that we could love others your way. Teach us, oh God, I pray. I know that's what you want us to do. I know you want us to love others like you loved us. And I thank you that you loved all people regardless of their social standing and position. And you love, you love us even in our sinful condition. God, you're so merciful and kind to us. I thank you for it. And stand here tonight because you do. And so I pray you to help us just to keep loving sinners, keep loving people, and keep going after them. Keep knocking the doors and keep loving those that come. And keep inviting people to know you as Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. Perhaps your love has grown a little cold for others. Yet no better place to take care of that than just before the Lord. Uh, God has worked in your heart. Let's just sing tonight, page 451, Trust and obeys. Brother Aaron leads us. Let's just take a time as a church family here to pray. Would you do that as we sing?